Hi listeners, welcome to episode 2 of Mentally Sounds Life in Lockdown podcast. Thanks for joining us. Um, wow, okay, first of all, I uh, want to thank um, people who gave very, very positive feedback from the first episode that we did last week. Um, it got played yesterday afternoon on Spice FM, just to let you know, listeners, so... If you don't get a chance to um, listen to the podcast, which is released on our social media, uh, Twitter and Facebook, um, you can listen to our podcast uh, on the airwaves. So tune in to Spice FM and uh, we're given the one o'clock uh, slot. And just to let you know of our social media addresses, so on Twitter we're at at underscore mentally sound, all on word. And on Facebook, if you just just go, if you just put in Mentally Sound Radio Show, you'll see our page and our podcast will be there. So yes, um, wow, okay, uncertain times, very challenging times. It's the coronavirus pandemic, which is why we're doing this podcast series because obviously a lot of you out there are, um, you know, uh, have your own challenges with a beat. Within the sort of mental health sort of sphere, um, there's isolation aspects, there's anxiety, there's depression. You know, when you when you're cut off from others, um, people that you depend on, uh, family, friends, and so on and so on. Um, so, so this was an idea conceived a few weeks back. Um, I thought it best to do this. Um, Spice have backed us, uh, Mental Health Northeast, Recovery College. Um, and yeah, we, as you know, the news evolves almost every every day, every 24 hours. So um, I'm sure your listeners are, are, are being sort of, you know, filled in as what's happen, what's happening, what you, what you guys can do, what you can't do. Either way, it's tough, and and you 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 probably like like me and others finding sort of messages, uh, being given out quite confusing, very hard to digest. Don't worry, you're not the only one. We're all feeling that. Uh, it's not a political show, however, so we 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 will we'll kind of steer away a little bit from that and, and concentrate on the important aspects of mental well-being, which is why we're here. Uh, and I'm glad to say I'm joined by our residence therapist, uh, Nikki Robertson. Nikki, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. Great to hear you and great to have you back again. Um, some good feedback from uh, the first podcast. Some, some some close friends have been in touch saying um, that it was very good. Uh, I was listening back um, and I just I just thought I was quite a little bit rusty because um, <laughs> I haven't done this in a while. I don't know if you noticed, Nikki, but I was I was doing this a lot. No, um, I didn't. Oh, I, I picked it up, and I'm just like, oh God, Ricky, stop it, cut it out, you know. So I'll have to go and listen back. That's probably the only thing I'm going to hear, right? Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm going to blame it on me being, you know, away for a bit and, and rusty. But I'm going to, I'm going to do my best to iron that out. Uh, I'll have to remain quite conscious of that. Sometimes you, you're not aware of of such uh, habits, <laughs> especially if you're on air and all that stuff. But um, we'll persevere. Um, so, listeners, yes, uh, last last week um, we touched on children's mental health. Uh, obviously, a lot of a lot of you are home with children um, who are feeling the effects of this. We also touched on we also touched on self isolation and and the challenges of that. We also touched on um, 
uh, loneliness, which which was a big topic that we we covered uh, throughout throughout the shows of mentally sound. Actually, this 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 uh, second part we're looking at anxiety, which is probably one of the biggest features uh, that a lot of people are dealing with. Um, I also wanted to pitch in our relationship with food because in because I I touched upon um, my experiences of breakdown and my my relationship with food um, was a big factor with that um, and also um, obsessive compulsive disorder you know also known as OCD um, I know that a lot of people um, who have this condition coming into this pandemic. Um, would have felt well all sorts of traje trajectories. Um, their conditioning worsening, and even some I've talked to some people that almost feeling quite in their own minds justified for the way they've been feeling that that their sort of obsessive sort of behaviour, especially when it when it when it when it deals with things like cleanliness, the importance of cleanliness. Yeah. Um, almost sort of feeling verified because. Um, it's like, see, this is this is what we had to deal, we have to deal with. So, and I, and I certainly get that. You know, my own dealings with mental health, uh, in dealing dealing with other people's conditions. You know, OCD was one of those ones where you know, in terms of getting one's head around, um, until you talk to these people, you can really sort of understand how debilitating it can be. So, so imagine what what they're going through right now. So I thought it's only fair that we that we look at that as well. So, Nikki, um, anxiety, um, a biggie, and it's something that we we looked looked possibly doing last week, but but given the 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 the, the bigness of it, it we 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 thought we'd dedicate as much time as we can with this one. Um, yeah, um, so it's something we just touched on before about this lockdown. We'll look at it from from sort of pre pre the measures that were given recently of the the bit of easing that we've had and also um afterwards because there's two aspects of this um i read a really interesting article yesterday about people who are feeling anxious about first of all the 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 lockdown being eased as you know get it getting back out there in in in, in you know the big bad world of things and and how we meant to um, deal with everyday the beginnings of everyday life, albeit it's going to be a, a bit of a new a new life. We also touched on the new normal last time, didn't we? Yeah. So yeah. so pre lockdown, obviously people their anxieties of of being uh, under lockdown and and not being able to to see loved ones and so on. Um, first of all, what what kind of um, feedback have you had from clients regarding that and wanting to combat that? Sorry, the question for pre and pre yeah, we'll start with pre pre lock, sort of pre the pre the measures that we've had, you know, yesterday. So yeah. so we've had like you know um, six seven weeks of lockdown and and the anxieties that people have had. What what kind of feedback have you had, people dealing with that first of all? Um, anxiety has been probably one of the biggest um, issues that I have been uh, clients have been coming to me with uh, it's mm -hmm. the whole uncertainty 
of it, isn't it? You know, um, and if we look at the lockdown period, I actually did a count this morning and we're on day 58 yeah. of the lockdown. So we're not completely out of lockdown yet. And mm-hmm. if you look at patterns, um, patterns being developed within our, within ourselves, you know, it normally takes 21 days for a pattern to be created. Mm-hmm. So this, the lockdown had become our new normal and now we have to emerge out of that. Um, And that's quite a scary thing to do because we don't really know what things are going to be like when we come out of that. And, you know, if we need to be settling anxiety, anxiety stems from fear. And the biggest thing that you need to do is instill safety and one of the things we don't really have is we don't have any clear guidelines or any clear safety nets put in place. So no one really knows what the next steps are going to be. And it's almost, so you you get what's almost called like a tortoise effect. So, you know, the head pokes out. Okay, yay, we've mm-hmm. got a little bit more liberty here. Let's go and explore explore, want to get out and, you know, um, go and do more activity or I'm tired of being cooped up at home. I have the possibility of going to work at the office. Let me go to the office. But suddenly that becomes too scary because are you sure that the measures have been put in place? So that safety is something that really needs to be drilled in for people so that they can start to feel secure in the environment and that will start to settle some of the anxiety that they're feeling it was interesting when you when you were um answering that question i had written down in 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 my notes the word fear and then you sort of um yeah. said said that word is 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 fear the 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 overwhelming driving factor of of current sort of anxiety that that most people are Fear and, and uncertainty. And, yeah. and, well, it is fear because uncertainty stems from fear. Right. So those are, Is it the are fear of the unknown as well, would you say? Is that a fair, fair comment? Fear? Yes, but that would still be from fear. So fear is almost your root right. of, of it all. And then you have little branches which come out. So fear of the unknown, absolutely. Yeah. You know, we it's it takes us back to our childhood when we were little and we were scared of the dark. Do you remember? I mean, yeah. I remember I was scared of the dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as soon as it would, most kids, most kids would be, and it takes you straight back into that situation and you know, needing to feel safe in that situation. Mm. What comforts you? What soothes you? And mm. not certain um, at this point if people have that set up for them. So the the I would would like to say the vast majority of the population really is suffering um, with anxiety on some level. It doesn't need to be extreme anxiety, but a lot of people even have an underlying low level of anxiety. So a lot of people I speak to are struggling to sleep. And that's even one of your first symptoms of anxiety as this nervous energy starts to bubble forward, you know. so taking measures to create safety is important for that. It's the only way we can start to break some of that fear. And it's it's tough, isn't it? Because when you... it, I, I sort of had these... Um, I mean, I, I would use my own terminology, the like sort of mental roadblocks. So an example I gave in the last episode was my own fear of just going out and doing the shopping. 
um, the, yeah. f- the fear of, of having a, a panic attack in, in the middle of a supermarket, which is already under quite, quite a level of scrutiny. You know, you have, you have security guards and workers making sure that everyone um, uh, works, walks around the, the, the right directions because, you know, yeah. they have these sort of arrows on the floor. They have the, the two-meter safety sort of distance markings on the floor. Um, again, something that's, that's something that, that's usually sort of very um, straightforward for most people. Um, it's suddenly become quite hazardous for some. Um, and I notice, I notice within can some I inter- people. Can I interrupt there? Yeah, so, yeah. just taking that example of the supermarkets, at first, when we first noticed all of those protocols being put into place in the supermarkets, at first that triggered a little bit more anxiety for us because mm-hmm. the reality of the situation kicked in a little bit. So, there was an alarmed state that started yeah. to develop in the body. Whereas mm-hmm. now, that's the comfort. Mm-hmm. When you see those, you feel there's almost a sense of security, isn't it? Yeah. And if you walk into it, because some of the shops I've noticed don't have those in place anymore. Right. So they may have the um, screens up, yeah. but they've taken the arrows away mm-hmm. and, um, you know, the demarcated lines. I've noticed some of them don't have the demarcated lines now. Okay. And that, you start to, you know, that, that little part of your, your brain starts to tick a little bit going, hmm. Why is this not here? You know, what happens if someone stands too close and then someone does stand too close and that mm-hmm. triggers some of the anxiety again. So mm-hmm. it's quite interesting mm-hmm. how we do start to feel a lot safer when we see those measures being put in place. But those measures initially were the source of our anxiety and then they became the source of our comfort. Yeah, because I think in the, you know, in the in the beginning it was sort of seen as a, uh, as I say, it, it's a one place. It, it was. It was. It was two ways for me because um, I, I find, in general, I find shopping quite quite relaxing. It's something that I wouldn't say I enjoy. You know, I don't enjoy spending money. I'm quite frugal, but um, <laughs> but but when you're when under lockdown and this is the very kind of place that you need to depend on, and and sometimes with supermarkets, it, it's okay. There's a lot of people. Um, uh, you you have all these sorts of um, signals going on, your different patterns of behavior from some people. Um, you know how some people can be quite, quite take liberties with their trolley and stuff. Um, yeah. And, and generally I've been quite, well, there have been some occasions in the past where I have had sort of anxiety and, and, and it's interesting. We've had guests in the past who, who we introduced, you know, um, campaigning for slow shopping. I don't know if you've heard of that. It's the, um, it's so people with, conditions especially you know dementia um and and people with anxiety as well can have an hour hour sort of dedicated to them in a way we're kind of seeing that but but that's more with people with vulnerable people and especially you know nhs workers that they can come in and 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 do their shopping with 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 less amount of fuss as 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 possible which is great you know the key workers and everything um but i mean what about the I want, I want to, let, to talk a little bit more about the visual aspect because um, one of the messages g- um, given out yesterday and today is that, that there's more encouragement for people to wear face masks out in public places and in um, uh, um, supermarkets and so on. Um, what, 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 what kind of 
what does what does that do that kind of visual in itself because it's a quite a powerful image to see someone wearing such a thing or any kind of protective garment it's something that's really common in the far east but to right. see that over here does that drive people's anxieties up you know the fear factor up that you know there's something out there something big and bad that you know because it, it does to me, I'll admit, in some cases. Yeah. I'm going to say 50-50. Right. I think for some, that is a, a definite signal or reconfirmation of the threat that you may be under. Okay. So if you're suffering from anxiety and something we'll talk about a little bit later, OCD, and one of the triggers would be cleanliness. and So that would be a definite um, trigger. Seeing that would be constantly alerting you that you're under threat and there's this need to protect yourselves yeah. from it. Mm -hmm. So that's really the signal there. Mm -hmm. And I think the other – I don't know what the statistics are on this, Ricky. I'm just – this is my just – you know, opinion no, here, 50, yeah. Yeah. Um, And whereas the others, it will give them a sense of um, calmness because they know that they are protected. Mm -hmm. And for them seeing everyone else in the same position, you know, having the masks on, wearing the gloves, that will help comfort them because they know people are taking measures to protect themselves and it will give them the reassurance. Yeah. There's also schools of thought on whether the, the masks and the gloves are helpful or not. And I know this talk isn't particularly about that, but there is controversy on the effectiveness of them. Um so again, it also it's where your belief is. So if your belief is that they're not effective and helpful, and you're being, you know, having to wear them because of um, concerns or fears about how other people are going to respond to you, well, that's also yeah. going to be anxiety provoking, isn't it? Yeah. And and I wonder what you think about this one. Um, one of my one of my favorite writers, um, a guy called John Ronson. He he produces documentaries, and he's also a um, He's been diagnosed with social anxiety, and and I had the pleasure of meeting him after one of his talks. And he he sent a um, a tweet in the beginnings of this lockdown, which which went quite viral. Which went viral. He said um, that that he feels like, um, in a similar to what I just mentioned about OCD, which we'll talk about later, that this this kind of verification of 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 how they feel that because they have they, because they have people some people with diagnosed anxiety aren't particularly feeling too anxious as one might expect right now because they're kind of saying, well, we feel that it's the world is or society has become kind of equalized in some way. So right. so with people's anxieties um, who don't have uh, a diagnosed condition, they feel that they're on the same level as everybody now. Therefore, they don't feel the same amount as panic or... or do you see what I'm meaning here? Do you think there's some merit yeah. in Do you see there's some merit in that? Well, it, it's it's about almost a sense of unity, isn't it? So yeah. now everyone really understands what they're feeling. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a whole community or a global sense that everyone's understanding what it feels like to be going through um, anxiety. Is that where you're coming from? Yeah, yeah, I think so, yes. Yeah. Um, I have a family member who suffers um, quite badly with a... Um, 
an autoimmune condition and one of the things is is, you know he's very debilitated in his energy levels and he tends to isolate himself a lot purely because he doesn't have enough energy to be able to go out so even going to do a grocery shop will flatten him for the rest of the day Mm -hmm. and um, when we all got put into isolation one of the things he actually chuckled about he goes now you guys know what it's like yeah yeah yeah, and um, so that. we were like, "Oh, you could have written the book for us, you know. We, you know, we could have come to you for advice on how to manage this and isolating and the feelings of being isolated and how to manage it and not having contact, you know." And mm-hmm. I checked in on him all the time, and he's like, "Don't you don't need to check in on me. This is my normal, yeah. you know." So um, I do understand what you the question because you know going through this with my family member, I recognise that mm-hmm. state. Mm-hmm. I th- yeah, I mean, it's for someone someone with with PTSD like myself. I'm forever kind of like um, cherish those cherish those little moments where people kind of you know have that get it moment, and I'm like, you see, this is, yeah, yeah, because yeah. I you know I I I understand with someone without a certain condition, which other people have, it's it's hard for them to get their head round, and it's about it's a, sometimes they get that wake up call, don't they? And he says, ah. Oh. Ricky, isn't it also why this whole program has been developed is to break the stigma on mental health. And the thing is, is that when you have certain conditions or you have certain feelings, um, there's a stigma attached to them. So suddenly, you know, being debilitated by anxiety, there's, you know, it's a global effect at the moment. Mm. Suddenly, it's not, there's no stigma to it. There's a understanding and there's a compassion you know, people are being far more helpful. Communities are pulling together to yes. help members of their community. So that whole stigma that we've been talking about for, you mm. know, trying to break for the last couple of years, it's almost like that just disappeared. Oh, sure. It? I mean, even if even if one has difficulty understanding, if you can reach a level at least of... Um, um, if it's not understanding or at least kind of acknowledging that this is what you have, I think that's a good foundation yeah. to 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 traject from in terms of eventually getting to understand it. And again, um, we're going through a unique phase now where I think there's been a lot of understanding with people without that mental health condition and and kind of like have have flirted with that stigma around some people can suddenly become. It's going to be a a uh, sort of a, a euphoric or a sort of a, like a, a moment for for people you know and an epiphany is the word i'm looking for yes. in terms of what wow yeah i kind of really get it now you know this is this is like temporary for us but this is almost 24 7 for you so you know yes yeah and there's a compassion that starts to develop isn't it oh yeah a lot can a, a compassion is huge in this because again yeah. with understanding it, it can be a, a a really good foundation to to build upon. Yeah. Um, last point, anxiety, because then we've got other couple of things. So, um, the article I referred to before, um, I'll read the first couple of sentences. Um, um, so this is from the BBC yesterday. So, as some countries ease coronavirus restrictions, mental health experts are noticing an emerging phenomenon: anxiety about life after lockdown. Meanwhile, people who remain under remain living under more stringent measures are fearful about what will happen when these rules are lifted. So I'm wondering, is this to do with... I mentioned the word groove, and this is like my 
I need time to get into this new groove. And and if when this this new groove eventually runs out, is there going to be another anxiety sort of a little anxiety mountain that I have to climb over when 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 some aspects of lockdown are lifted? See my meaning? Yeah. I mean, hard to project that, but I think really, Ricky, because we don't know, you know, we don't know what life is going to look like and feel like. So in essence, of, in, sorry to interrupt, in essence, this is another aspect of the unknown, isn't it? The, the anxiety absolutely. about the unknown, yeah. But we're assuming that things are going to be back to normal. So you're going to walk down, yeah. let's say, you know, Newcastle, go into the shopping strip down in Newcastle, and you're just going to assume that you're going to have a lot of the stores there, a lot of the restaurants. And yeah. Some of them may not be there, and that will keep having a little bit of almost like an aftershock because mm. i with me i mean i one of the things uh, yeah i i miss a lot of those things i miss the I, I don't mean i mean i'm someone who expects uh, respects the small things in life so i mean just the odd stroll here and there or or yeah. even even my commute to work or anywhere just sometimes if i'm sitting on a bus or a train i get a i try and get as much mindfulness as i can now I'm wondering if anything like that will even be possible again. So I have I have a bit of anxiety about that. Um, you know, uh, you're right. I think we don't know what this. And it, again, it 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 touches upon the new normal we were talking about in the last episode. We in in a way we don't know what this new normal is going to be like. So therefore, how do we digest? Because I think for some of us we're having daydreams or visions about the things that we used to do and love and looking forward to to that happening again but are they are they are they the questions i get asked is what's the first thing you're going to do once all of this is over yeah yeah and again the answer is exactly a fantasy isn't it yeah exactly fantasy because you are drawing from experiences or memories from pre-lockdown those may not be available to us Mm -hmm. or they only may be available to us in let's say a year down the line Mm -hmm. so yeah it's all that uncertainty Mm -hmm. so those feeling before we we we'll draw a line into this but last 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 word to you in terms of any any quick tips and advice for people who've continued the anxiety levels throughout all this and having difficulty coming out of it with dealing with it? I think firstly is, I'm going to go back to the compassion because I think that that is probably one of the best approaches to um, helping yourself right now. It's that Mm self-compassion is recognizing that Firstly, recognize the emotions that you're feeling. A lot of us start to suppress the emotions. And if you start to suppress anxiety, it's going to come back and it's going to bubble up with a greater force. So please take some time to recognize that you're feeling certain emotions. Write it down if you need to write them down. But just start to recognize that. And then also just let yourself know that it's okay Mm -hmm. to be feeling these emotions the first thing we do is when we feel something that's unpleasant Mm -hmm. or as i said earlier you know there's a stigma attached to it society tells us we shouldn't so pre pre lockdown society would have told us that it's not okay to be feeling that 
we would have immediately tried to shut them out. Mm-hmm. Let yourself know that it's okay to be feeling this mm-hmm. and that if you just let it sit with you for a bit, it will pass. So emotions, mm-hmm. if you let them sit, mm-hmm. it takes 90 seconds to let them move through your body. Right. What we're constantly doing is when we're feeling something that doesn't feel comfortable, we find ways to numb it down, distract ourselves, or suppress it. And that makes it sit there longer. So allowing yourself to recognize, ah, this feels uncomfortable. What is this? What triggered this? Actually, it's okay. Mm -hmm. I don't need to do anything. I just need to recognize that it's there. So just that allowing starts to activate a little bit of self-soothing and then try and do something that is self-soothing for yourself. Even if you just stroke your arm or, you know, go um, watch a comedy show or go sit down and with a good book, some self-care, something like that. Mm-hmm. That will all pick up a friend, you know, talk up, talk it out a little bit. Someone that really lifts your your moods, mm-hmm. that will help. Excellent. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the writing down aspect. I think that's something oh, we, that's could, so important. we can. I think we can divulge into that uh, in a, in a future podcast. That's really interesting because I know a lot of people have been um, keeping a diary throughout all this. I, I was I was thinking uh, the other day about. Next next year, however however long this may be, the a lot of a lot of publishers will be inundated with with sort of uh, di- lockdown diaries that they've kept, you know, for other people to read. I think that'll be probably one of the silver linings out of all this. It'd be interesting to read some of them. Um, but um, the journaling is one of the most powerful ways to help you understand. Yeah. Um, some of your emotions, it helps, it teaches you some of the triggers, mm-hmm. um, some of the patterns, the emotional patterns. It's mm-hmm. really, really powerful. Absolutely. Mm. So we have um, just under 20 minutes left. We um, will split the, the time between the two remaining topics. So a quick a quick one about our relationship with food. And I think that's something, um, certainly an aspect with me. And again, I refer back to when I had the breakdown, you know, it was... Um, my relationship with food kind of fell out of kilter and um, even I mean I, I've managed thankfully I've managed um, a good level of self-control but again that was largely to do with me um, the point I made about going out food shopping that I kept it to a certain uh, limit um, because of my anxiety so therefore I didn't have as much food as around the house so again I didn't have the temptation and I was doing a bit of rush food rationing I was saying I haven't ate as much toast in my life as I had before previous, and so on and so on. But have you had any um, uh, clientele dealing with, with it, asking you about their relationship with the food and what sort of advice can you give? I mean, I guess snacking is, is one aspect. It's something, I guess, you know, we enjoy food and, and obviously there's things to do with eating disorders. I imagine lockdown uh, has a profound effect with, with our relationship with food, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's so many, there's so many things which will be coming up around food. And one of the things, um, as I said just a little earlier about suppressing emotions. So if we're trying to suppress our emotions, one of the best ways we've been taught to do that is by putting something into our mouth. Mm. So we will start suppressing our emotions 
uh, putting food into our mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, boredom, um, feeling empty. A lot of people kind of suddenly overnight lost their sense of purpose. They didn't really know what was what they needed to be doing now with their lives, either because they were furloughed or maybe they, they had to permanently close their businesses. A lot of businesses literally closed overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, so suddenly that, that boredom just sitting at home, not being able to work, especially if you're a very active, busy-minded person, you know, busy bee person, I've got lots going on at the moment. So those will, people would have been turning to food to kind of fill the time and also to keep their minds a little bit more active. But the key thing that we're looking at when we're looking at relationship with food um, under stress conditions, and we can safely say that this is probably one of the most stressful conditions that we would possibly know in our lifetimes, you know, on a global level. Mm-hmm. Is, is that when we're under stress, it's, it's there's a hormone that's happening, there's a chemistry change that's happening in our body. So we have this adrenaline that spikes up in our body and that triggers our fight and flight response. Yeah. And it's only meant to be short term because mm-hmm. we're under the perception that we're under threat. But when it's there for long term, so as soon as that perception of being under threat or as soon as that threat disappears, Mm -hmm. that system should switch itself off. Mm -hmm. And um, when it doesn't, what happens is, is that our cortisol is released. So this is another stress hormone that's released. Right. And when our cortisol is released, what happens is we start to turn to high fat, high sugary um, and fried food. Yes. So we, we've got our stress hormones, which are really high in the body, and we will turn to these foods. Now, these foods, when we eat these foods, what they do is they dampen that stress response in the body. And this is why we call them comfort food. So those high fat, high sugary and high, you know, highly fried food, these tend to be our comfort food. Mm. But it's because what they're doing is they're altering mm. that, that stress response in the body. Mm. Um, so what I have seen quite a bit is people, you know, talking about how they just can't stop themselves from eating certain food. You know, they start with the best intentions, um, or even when they go and do the grocery shop, you know, like you said, you were very, very diligent. You only rationed certain food, but we were, it's still so easy for us to nip out and go and buy something, isn't it? You know? Yeah. A lot of people might have bypassed the guideline of only going out once a day for a walk and limit the amount of shops you did, mm. you know, and they would have still picked something up, you know, on impulse go and, um, or even alcohol, you know, because of the sugar content in the alcohol to try and manage mm-hmm. the stress. So it's definitely that the relationship with food under this um, under the situation is because of the stress that people were feeling and the stress that um, was provoked in people, um, the boredom factor for a lot of people, and for others, it was the suppression of emotions. So, uh, as he was answering, um, again, um, you'd said fear when we were talking about anxiety and I had it written down, and whilst you are answering this one, I had put down comfort eating because it's a terminology which I've heard for 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 you know forever but i actually think it's quite heavy quite in heavy terms what what people realize because there is a relationship there that as you as you very um very eloquently put that that when we're when we're down that you know this we, we reach out for for the feel-good factor and a lot of it is 
Yes. Good food. Comfort eating. Our senses are triggered by by such things, aren't they? Yeah, and what I forgot to um, mention in that is, so once we finish the comfort eating, we have an emotional response, and that is normally the shame or the guilt Mm. or the inner criticism, I shouldn't have done that, or, Mm. you know, I'm going to be a stone heavier or, you know, that that whole critical mindset that kicks in. Mm. And that starts to activate our stress response again because it's our emotional stress response. So our emotions start driving up. And we start that loop again. And it just becomes like a catch-22 situation. Mm. Um, So, again, steps would need to be put in place to help people manage that. So my my last question on on this before before I ask you about um, tips and advice regarding this is um, at what point would people notice that comfort eating is starts to become an an addiction or when it start when, when when a person starts to lose control what what are the signs which which i guess when you're losing control you might not realize and you need you need that sort of like you know the 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 alarm you need the alarm bells to go off basically i think the key thing to look for is whether you can stop yourself. So just like any other addiction, it's the ability to be able to... So if it wasn't an addiction, you could turn around and say, well, tonight there is no comfort food. I'm going to have my dinner or my tea. um, And after that, I'm not going to have... I'm not going to tuck into anything. And you're actually able to stop yourself. Yeah. from doing that but if the the need overwhelms you so much that you cannot so again you would be looking at the emotional responses driving up there um, if that overwhelms you you become so agitated you cannot take your mind off it then you recognize that actually this has stepped into something a little bit different mm. so it's more about the need is so overwhelming that you have to have it yeah, I mean, well, I think you you've you've in answering that you you've incorporated the 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 advice as well, which is which is really good. I mean, for me, the only thing I missed was chocolate. Um, but when when because it was Easter, um, and when my nephews got their Easter eggs, I was like, you know, kind of like groveling towards them in that in that scene, like Oliver Oliver Twist. So you know, please, can I just have a bit? Just, can I have some more? Yeah, just just to see me through for a couple of days, but you know, you know, kids. But yeah, I mean, overall, I'm um, I'm thankful that I've 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 sort of done all right because I know how tempting snacking can be when you're when you're bored and depressed and and, and going through all these things. So I think um, some some. To to champ to to maintain a level of, of self control is is actually is actually I would I would say a big achievement under under these circumstances. So if you manage to do that, you know, well done. One of the things I um, ask my clients to do is to set up a movement rule. Mm. Um, so if you're going to go and have a, a snack, mm. then you have to have um, a movement, which you have to have set this movement up for the day or for the week. Mm. So every snack requires um, a minute of like, running on the spot or yeah. a minute of jumping jacks or you know going up the stairs five times, something like that. Yeah. 
um, and that normally helps them, you know, counteract the feelings, mm. uh, but also it helps them release some of the um, energy that they've got pent up because, again, when you're confined, um, there's a lot of energy that's not being used mm. um, and then we're also getting a lot of energy from our food, especially if we're in for the sugary food. Yeah. And it also tackles that boredom aspect because, again, you're constantly stimulating some of that flow in the body um, by setting up. <laughs> then what happens is you start to really question whether you need the snack because you've done the staircase at least ten yeah. times during yeah. the day already. I mean, I, I would so, really, I would really love to talk to you more, um, especially regarding the whole the the eating disorder angle towards it. Because uh, again, a very just a very quick sort of point that's become i don't know if you knew um the big debate that's gone on the singer adele had posted a picture on on instagram where it showed it showed showed that she you know lost quite quite a bit away and there was a big debate uh online and on, on and in the mainstream about um well what actually what actually are we championing here are we are we celebrating the fact that she's thin now whether you know you know that we shouldn't you know, because one thing we we likened about her character was that you know she she is what she is or she, you know and yeah and she's received kind of like these extra amounts of glory now because and it's starting to question of how we perceive um image and and is that necessary i mean that isn't her substance the fact is she's you know she's she's a very popular singer and she's a very yeah. successful singer how important is this really and there was another debate on the eating disorder angle because I, I i strongly believe and I think our conversation, in a way, has justified this: is that um, yes, bulim things like um, bulimia and stuff like that, where you know weight, extreme weight loss, there is eating disorder um, aspects there. But I think it also swings the other way that when you're overeating, because I know that I think it was a British medical journal and, and other psychologists have acknowledged that, that that overeating should be classed as an eating disorder as well. Yeah. But but we'll we'll discuss that another time because I think that's a really yeah. really good 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 topic. Um, We've got many more weeks to go. Yeah, <laughs> don't remind us. But 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 no, that's very true. I mean, as we said at the start, I mean, you know what we what we're fearful of if if there is another spike that that things will become quite tough again. So who yeah. knows what's going to happen? Again, it's the unknown. But yeah. yes, and in relation to that, I mean, they're all interrelated these topics. So we we'll look at um, obsessive compulsive disorder i mean um i'll i'll start off by this angle again using a, a famous uh, face um um one of the judges on america's got talent a guy by the name of howie mandel and you've heard of him but he's yes. very candid about his um, ocd and quite often he he would post pictures of him wearing face masks and so on and gloves um for years not just 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 now and Again, for him, this 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 era that we're in, with the pandemic, is 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 felt quite justified for him. He feels quite oh. verified now, and he says, "Now you know what it's like." Um, again, as from from a professional point of view, Nikki, what 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 sort of um, um, feedback have you had from people in regards to their own OCD? I think it's quite challenging. Um, so. You know, people who are struggling with OCD, especially the cleanliness, you know, washing hands or, mm -hmm. you know, wiping counters, mm -hmm. this has been very, very challenging for them. Mm -hmm. 
um, sometimes even, you know, um, affecting their health because they've been too afraid to even step outside to go and buy groceries. So they've even compromised their health at some points. Um, it is... I don't want to isolate one area as as more challenging than others um, because the whole experience has been very difficult for people. But, you know, OCD particularly, you're looking at the entire world being brought to its knees because Mm. of a threat of a virus. Mm. And the biggest thing that we've been told, the news and the media, you know, particularly the first um, couple of weeks drummed in on how important, wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. Now, if your OCD is driven by something like that already, that must be absolutely overwhelming Mm. for you to have to manage that. Mm. You know, how do you, and we talk back to about that safety, how do you step out into a world that you're so afraid that if you step out, Mm. you're going to catch this disease and you could potentially die from it. Are you seeing that compulsive behaviour um, multiplies or or does it re- retain the same? Um, or, 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 or do we do we accept each individual in their own merit as to how I they... Think, I think it accept each individual in their own merit because everyone's in a different place in their journey. Yeah. So depending on some of the help that um, people would have had already, they may have already established some good pathways for themselves to be able to fall on. So mm. recognizing actually this thought, it's an irrational thought, this need to wash my hand right now is not really a need. It's coming from that irrational part of my brain that's telling me I have to do it. Mm-hmm. So when they can, you know, if they take the time to analyze um, the the feeling that they're feeling, they can recognize, actually, no, it's not something I have to do. I've just washed my hands. I washed my hands two minutes ago. I haven't gone outside. I don't need to wash my hands. Yeah. So it would all depend on where they would be in their particular journey. Mm. But I do think um, at initially it would have kind of um, aggravated everyone's OCD Mm. almost to the beginning point and then all those pathways had to be re-established or reconfirmed for them again you know all the tools had to be um just remind they had to be reminded of their tools yeah. uh, and then they start working through them and again in in any condition in any mental health condition i'm going to go back to that word that compassion again you know and the patient i'm a big and i, I preach it in all my 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 classes that i teach you know is approaching everything in a non-judgmental, open-minded and open-hearted, and and I mean compassion with open-hearted way. Um, You know, if you've kind of fallen back on on some of your journey with your OCD, then that's okay. Mm. You know, the situation we're in is as they, you know, the word that's being used is unprecedented. Mm -hmm. So why would you be able to cope with it like you did before the situation? So if you slid back, it's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, if we just give our minds and give our emotions that little bit of a space, we can start to move forward with everything that we're feeling. 
Um, and you'll be able to start rationalizing some of those thoughts. They start to become clearer. You can reason better with yourself. And you'll know, right, I don't need to do this action, whatever the action is. I don't mm. actually need to do it now. I can mm. park it for a bit or hopefully not have to do it at all today, you know, because I know that I've been able to center myself a little bit. I mean, with my own learning curve regarding OCD, I mean... <clears throat> And this is something I understand. It's like with, with when you have a diagnosed anxiety, and sometimes it can be a little bit frustrating when people say, oh, I got a bit anxious about this. And, and part of me kind of says, oh, you don't know the half of it, mate. And I, I know that people with OCD feel the same because it's become part of um, um, our our conversation. A very easy way of crowbarring the word OCD into very sort of normal things where people might just say, oh, I got a bit OCD with this. Oh, I have my own little ritual and i'm like you really need to understand people what, people what it means yeah because how debilitating is but yeah again we will touch this now we we ran out of time so um we yeah for those people with ocd out there i we really kind of get where you're coming we can from come back to it in another chat oh, yeah for sure and hopefully any feedback and if you want some more helpful advice and tips please get in touch um All's to say that, um, yes, thank you, um, Spice FM. Um, we've gone a minute or two over our allocated, I think, 47 minutes, but hopefully they'll be fine with that. This is to do with their, the Ramadan, so we've had some a free Monday afternoon slot where we're, we're, we're kind of put in there. So we're from from 1 o'clock till 2 on Monday afternoons, you can hear our podcast on Spice FM, 98.8 FM. And you'll be able to hear this podcast on our social media. On Twitter, we're at... at underscore mentally sound all one word and on facebook uh mentally sound radio show uh all's me to say now is thank you very much nikki and oh, we'll, thank you very much it was very informative as as usual and i look forward to speaking to you next time we'll think up some topics by then and again people out there please pitch in with ideas um again the news is is, is changing each day it feels like so if there's something you want to touch upon regarding mental well-being then 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 don't hesitate so all say is to thank you very much for listening and we'll join you again and you join us next, next week. week but bye for now bye bye